0: yo what's going on everybody and thank you for tuning in to another edition of the jp hoops podcast it's your boy justin Poor as always episode coming to you On Saturday, February 13th, I'm sorry for the one day delay, had a big doctor's day on Friday, but nothing really changing, we're just going to recap the best game of the Friday night slate, I'll get to that in a little bit, but as always, the podcast brought to you by the wonderful people over at Book It Sports, go give them a follow on Twitter at Book It HQ, and go ahead and get the app, the Book It Sports app, and drop a follow to me, at Jaypora.com. It is the best social media community for all sports gamblers, sports enthusiasts, and those who just want to talk about sports, no matter it be the NBA, college hoops, NFL, whatever you want, you could find it over at the Book It app. And let's start today's episode with this. And we had a, a conversation about the NBA MVP a few episodes ago, and I said, oh, the NBA is surely not going to give it to LeBron James like he normally deserves to get the award. So it'll probably go to either Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic or maybe Steph Curry, maybe Kevin Durant. But I think the narrative has changed just a little bit. And I think at this point, it would be embarrassing for the NBA not to give the award to LeBron James if the season ended today. And look, there's still a lot of season to be played out. We're not even at the All-Star break yet. But when you look at how this season has gone down, there is no reason why it should be given to Embiid or Jokic more than LeBron James. LeBron isn't playing as many minutes as these guys, and he's averaging the same amount of numbers. But numbers aside, that isn't really what's important. When I hear most valuable player, that means your impact on the floor when you are there. What value, as in the awards name, what value do you bring to your team? And why are you more valuable to your team than any other player in the NBA is to their team? And let's look at the last games that these guys played. And we will exclude the Lakers game against the Grizzlies that happened on Friday night. When LeBron James played the Oklahoma City Thunder, mind you, this is the third overtime game in a row for LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. How did the game get to overtime? LeBron James hits a deep three to send it there. So that's just to put them in a position to win. They would have lost if that shot doesn't go in. And then in overtime, they get out to a lead. The Thunder, with an opportunity to draw something up, make a play, win the game, and what happens? LeBron James, with the steal, ices the game over. Does the very smart thing, after collecting it off the inbounds play, keeps it inbounds, as the Thunder had no timeouts. They have to rush a shot up from half court, game over, Lakers win. None of the other MVP candidates are doing that. And if you want specific examples, look no further than this same week. You have the Philadelphia 76ers play a very close game the other night against the Portland Trailblazers. Down the stretch, you have Ben Simmons inbounding the ball. He's trying to throw it. Joel Embiid, not the primary target on the inbound. Ball gets stolen. Game ends. Sixers lose. And then you have the Milwaukee Bucks with the reigning MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, And something that I've brought up on this podcast, I think, a couple of times now. Not a guy you want in the dwindling seconds of a game. He gets a shot. A good one against the Phoenix Suns to win the game. Misses. And Devin Booker, after the game, says we're very okay with giving him that shot. Bucks lose. Suns win. When you're talking about the most valuable player, that means you want the guy who can win games alone for his team. Anthony Davis has been, I mean, invisible through the first half of this season for the Lakers, and they are still 20-6. It's unreal what LeBron is doing in year 18, putting up consistent numbers that parallel his entire career while playing less minutes than he typically does, still atop the NBA, but in terms of what he usually plays per year, not as much, and they are still finding ways to win because of LeBron James. And you can't say the same for Embiid in the clutch. You can't say the same for Giannis in the clutch. Even when the Nuggets, you look back to last year, their entire playoff run, who was hitting the clutch shots? Oh, yeah, it was Jamal Murray. Not Nikola Jokic. Yes, Nikola Jokic can find Murray and make plays to get him open. But it's Murray hitting these shots. And LeBron James is the only guy. At this point in this NBA season. I know Anthony Davis did some stuff last year. Hit a game winner in the bubble. And otherwise. But he struggled coming off a championship hangover. And LeBron James with his head on a swivel. Has the Lakers still at 20 and 6. A top. Of the Western Conference along with the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers. And it's LeBron James now. And it has to be his award to lose. And I know that the NBA reporters and writers and those who vote for MVP have this thing where they want parity and they don't want to give it to LeBron. Well, how much longer can we wait? The 36-year-old deserves it now. And yes, he probably deserved it last season too. But it's been a while now since he's won the award. He's looking for his fifth. And I think he has done everything so far this season to deserve it. And I really don't see an argument for anyone else besides Joel Embiid only because of how well the Sixers have played. But when the Sixers went to the death with the Lakers... Who hit that game-winning shot? Tobias Harris, not Joel Embiid. So I think you have to give it to LeBron for the value that he brings the Lakers because if LeBron James wasn't there, they would be the New Orleans Pelicans when Anthony Davis was there. So I think it's not really close right now. I had it for him a couple weeks ago, but I understood why people wouldn't vote for him Now, I don't really see a big argument against him, unless you want to see the turnaround that the Sixers had from last season to this season, and the improvement of Joel Embiid. But I still think it's clearly LeBron, and I think a lot of people who watch these NBA games would agree with me. All right, so the podcast got pushed back one day, we're recording on Saturday, we're supposed to record on Friday, but... It's honestly not a terrible thing that we're doing this a day removed from one of the better NBA games of the season. And it was something that I believe will be kind of a future moment that we look back on when in five years from now, guys like Zion Williamson and Luka Doncic are running the NBA if a guy like LeBron James ever retires. These two kids are set to be the leaders of the next big teams in the NBA and two of the top five players in the entire sport. At home, the Mavericks edged out the Pelicans in what was a very high-scoring affair, 143-130. to 130. And the game not necessarily close, Dallas got out to a lead. They kept the lead, but there was a ton of points in this game. But the story... Were the four best players on the court play like the four best players of the court, and they're also young and upcoming and are going to continue to do this for years. And when they finally reach their primes, they're going to be scary and a ton of fun to watch. Luka Doncic leading the winning team, Dallas, 46-8-12. and 12. His sidekick, Kristaps Porzingis, 36-7. and 7. On the other side, Zion Williamson, 36 points he started off the first half 10 for 10 from the field in 23 points and right next to him is all-star teammate brandon ingram another young guy 30 points five rebounds five assists get used to this folks because you are going to continue to see this for years to come as long as these cores are intact dallas has really flipped the switch as the season's gone on they started off really really slow Luca got his feet wet, Porzingis got healthy, and now they're winning games. The Pelicans, much younger than Dallas, and when I say much, I mean the entire team at this point, after they unloaded Anthony Davis, they unloaded Drew Holiday, and now they are just eating draft picks, and it looks like they're going to trade J.J. Redick too. These are two teams that in years to come are going to run the Western Conference with the cores that they have intact, and especially with Doncic for Dallas and Zion for New Orleans, these two guys are going to run the NBA. I mean, we're talking about guys that, that can't even buy a beer yet in this country. I mean, Doncic, newly 21, Zion not even there yet. It's incredible how talented these guys are. And when you even look at the final score, that's the direction this league is going. It's all about the offense. It's all about pace. It's all about getting down the floor and scoring a bucket faster than any other team. And these two teams, they do it as well as anybody in the league. Last year, Dallas had the historically efficient offense. And now the Pelicans, with Lonzo Ball running point, Zion's quickness getting up the floor, and the way Brandon Ingram plays, They could outpace just about anybody in the league, too. So it was a ton of fun to watch this game. A billion points, not a ton of defense. It's what the casual basketball fan loves to see. And I think it's the future direction that this league is heading towards. And I don't think there's any two players better at carrying this torch than Doncic and Zion. And when you put Luka with KP and Zion with B.I., it's a scary sight, and these two teams are going to be very, very good for years to come. This year, we hope to see both of them in the playoffs. More likely than not, we'll probably get one, and it'll probably be Dallas. But if we could see both of them, let just imagine Dallas versus the Clippers, New Orleans versus the Lakers. Sounds pretty good to me, and I can't think of a better way for the torch to be passed. If and when a guy like LeBron leaves the Western Conference, these two kids are going to be running the show, and I can't wait. It is going to be a sight to behold. Believe me on that. All right, uh, kind of a quick episode today, and not a ton to cover, but there was something on the internet that I saw that really had me thinking, and it was a very interesting debate between three players in the league, all respected All-Stars, but... Do they all really get the credit that they deserve? And who would you rather have? And I've seen this from a bunch of different NBA accounts, a bunch of random NBA tweeters putting this out onto the Twitter sphere. It was a who would you rather have? You have a 31 year old Jimmy Butler, a 27 year old Bradley Beal, and a now 22 year old Jason Tatum. Now, I'll give you the stat lines. And what they've done in the playoffs. And you could have your own debate about this. Then I'll give my thoughts. So, Jimmy Butler, the oldest of the three. Currently 31 years old. Career average, only 17.1 points per game. The least of the group. 5.1 rebounds, 3.8 assists. Career, 45.4 from the field, 33% from deep. Bradley Beal, the middle of the pack. Averages the most points per game at 21.4 as a 27-year-old. Four rebounds, the least. Four assists, the highest. 45.3% from the field. 37.8% from D. Now you have Jason Tatum, the youngest. 22 years old. This is year four for him in the NBA. 18.1 points per game. Six rebounds. 2.4 assists. 45.7 45.7 from the field so all at 47% shooting but clearly the most from deep in terms of percentage 40.3%. And what I find the most interesting about this conversation and I think it holds a ton of weight is when you look at their success in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler of course coming off a Eastern Conference Finals championship and an NBA Finals appearance Leads the way with seven playoff wins. And at five years younger, Jason Tatum has two more playoff series wins than Bradley Beal. Been to two different Eastern Conference Finals. Something Bradley Beal has never done. In fact, Bradley Beal never made it past the second round in the Eastern Conference playoffs. As he's been with the Wizards the whole time. Which I'll admit, not the best run organization. Especially when you put it next to the Celtics. But it's worth mentioning. is Jason Tatum, we've seen it especially last year. He could play with the big boys in the playoffs. Is he the most clutch of the three? I would argue he's the least clutch. But he plays a vital role to his team as a winger, as a defender. That I don't think Bradley Beal could touch. So here's how I will map out the argument between these three. If I'm picking one... To start a franchise with today. And I have the next 15 years in mind. Based off age alone. You're insane. Not to take Jason Tatum. And then it will go Beale, And then it will go Jimmy Butler. However. If you have a young core group of guys. And you're trying to win. A championship this year. Or next year. I have to go with my guy Jimmy Buckets. Because we saw what he did. With the Miami Heat this, excuse me, last season in 2020 in the bubble. He made those guys believe. He led them on the defensive end. He gave his all every single night, no days off for Jimmy Butler. He carried them there. And he made guys like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo play harder. And has molded them into better players. He's just perfect for the culture of your team. But if you have a number one option on your team. A guy like a Giannis. A guy like an Embiid. A guy like a Jokic. Who better to have than Bradley Beal on that team? Just a guy who could shoot. Hit a clutch bucket. Score at will. Volume shooter. Yeah, he's not much of a defender, maybe not so much of a leader, but he's a great number one scorer for a team that already has a dominant big all star. So I think this conversation, it kind of drove me nuts when I saw it because it's a different situation for all of these players. They're all different ages. I mean, Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum kind of play the same position, but. Tatum is more of a shooter, Butler's more of a driver, and more of a defender. So not necessarily the same spot on the floor. And it's just completely baffling that it's a huge conversation about it. But look, as a Miami Heat fan, there's no one I'd rather have leading my team in the league right now, I think, than Jimmy Butler, just off of an energy standpoint. I'm very happy with my guy. Tatum... Not much of a clutch shooter. I would say definitely the least clutch of the bunch. And I think Bradley Beal's is a terrific number two. I don't know if he's much of a number one. I think he's clutch. But I don't think he could carry the weight that a number one scorer can bring to the table every night. While I think the other two can. But if you say, put one of these guys on my team right now. In any situation, I'm going Jimmy Butler Because of clutch shooting and defensive tenacity. But if you're talking about building a franchise, gotta go Tatum. Just because of the age and the way the NBA is going, you need three-point shooting. He is clearly the best percentage-wise from beyond the arc. And already more playoff series wins than a Bradley Beal? Wild to me. Also, Beal and Tatum, two number three picks in the NBA draft. Jimmy Butler, a second-round pick. So you're talking about value. My guy, Jimmy Buckets, ain't no better at what he does in terms of bringing the energy, getting clutch buckets, getting clutch stops, and motivating a team in the NBA. All right, we'll do a quick pour one out. We'll get to the schedule and have you all go on your merry way. Uh, Have a big primetime game, ABC Tonight. On Saturday, Nets, Warriors, KD returning to the Bay to play Golden State. But let's pour one out really quick for Mitchell Robinson. Robinson is going to be sidelined for four to six weeks as he gets surgery done on his right wrist, I believe. There was a fracture there. So he's going to be out for a while. And that really hurts the Knicks. It came out that Derrick Rose pleaded with the Pistons to trade him to a contender. And they thought the New York Knicks were that contender. And you know what? To Rose's credit, he came out, played his heart out in his first game back in New York. I mean, with Mitchell Robinson not being there, that's a huge blow to what they try to do on defense. I think it means Obi Toppin is going to play a lot more. And he doesn't play a ton of defense. And New Noel is probably going to be the starter. And You know, he's not nearly as athletic as he once was. But it is really shameful that a guy like Mitchell Robinson, so young, so much athletic firepower. And it's a really bad time for him to be hurt because this is the opportunity for the Knicks to stack up wins. Uh, We hope for a speedy recovery from him. We'll see him in about a month and a half after the All-Star break. All right. Schedule for the week. Tonight, Saturday night, big games coming. We have, as I just mentioned, the, um, excuse me, we have Golden State, Brooklyn in the Bay. KD's return to Golden State, second time these two teams play this year. I think this is the biggest NBA total I have ever seen at 245. I put it out on the Book it Sports app. Follow me at Pora. I love the over- as it is the highest I've ever seen, and how could you not bet it at this point? Sunday, double deck on ESPN. You have Portland at Dallas, Los Angeles at Denver, a little rematch of the Western Conference Finals. That is the Lakers of Los Angeles, not the Clippers. And then Monday, NBA TV doubleheader. You have Houston at Washington. That was supposed to be, you know, Harden versus Russ. However, Harden is not there anymore. And on the other end of the doubleheader, The Heat at the Clippers. The Heat on a little bit of a winning streak now, trying to make another playoff push to get back into the top eight. All right, that'll do it for this little shortened episode of the JP Hoops podcast. Definitely, barring any unforeseen incidents, we'll have an episode for you on Tuesday. Appreciate you all for tuning in. Go check out the Book It Sports app. Follow Book It on Twitter at HQ. Appreciate y'all and I'll talk to you too.